I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. And I we got some updates, and some uh, interesting things are rolling, and I'm sure we're going to have some more excitement. As I'm sure many of you know, there was a temporary restraining order issued, as we've discussed, by Judge uh, Bump, who we are calling St. Bump, for issuing the restraining order against... Um, a number of the sensitive places that uh, create this uh, gutting of our carry license. But it was about maybe five, I think, were part of that first lawsuit. And then uh, the vehicle transportation as well, like we discussed. But there's a second lawsuit, and that's association's lawsuit. You know, the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, who is a sponsor of this show as well. And that is a more comprehensive litigation that covers much more than the uh, coalitions. And the coalitions are successful and so far excellent. And he said these organizations are not in competition with one another. They're all fighting for our gun rights and have taken two different approaches, yet approaches that dovetail nicely, frankly, because... Ironically, it appears, and interestingly, it appears that the double teaming is heading to be what looks like a great success. I don't want to, you know, count our chickens before hatch, but it really is. I'm very cautiously optimistic, and so associations' uh, comprehensive lawsuit goes at more of the sensitive places and goes at other challenges in this atrocious anti-civil rights law by Murphy, other very bad provisions in there uh, throughout the law, not just the sensitive places. And so it's really poised to do a major, a major uh, slice and dice of, the, of that law. And the two-punch... The double punch from both organizations, the you know the jab and the uppercut, the successful boom and an uppercut boom, it really looks like it's going to do tremendous damage to the law and just knock it out, and that's what all of us want to see. So it's very exciting. And Thursday are the uh, arguments on the uh, the TRO from the association. Uh, litigation and we should see some excellent things there so i wanted to mention that because when you're listening to the show you know you can look forward to catching that event and then next show we'll be discussing if there was an outcome by then if judge bump has made a determination what that determination will be additionally we've been experiencing some uh, anti-gun activities from the Fed side, and that includes Biden's pistol brace ban. And I'm going to talk to you later on the show about what you need to know about the uh, Biden pistol brace ban and their criminalization of, oh, about 40 million um, or so gun owners in the United States, uh, that it, its impact is particularly uh, important 
if you're in New Jersey because of the conflict that it puts you in and there's uh, steps that you need to know to take. Let me tell you, though, one of the things that really occurred to me this week, uh, even though all this interesting uh, news, shall we say, is happening with various attacks on our rights and freedoms, but remember, the current laws that are on the books are also enforced, and these laws that get enforced are often enforced above and beyond any measure of sanity, any measure of understanding, and I get calls from folks every day that are facing charges. But this one story that I'm going to tell you now about individual that contacted me just made me say, I have to talk about this on the show. Because every once in a while, there's something that's so ridiculous that it's beyond the normal ridiculous. And when it's beyond the normal ridiculous, I just know that my listeners have got to hear about it. Because it just it, it just hits you like, what? you got to be kidding me. And it is the best. So one of the things that I always find entertaining is uh, the lies that police tell. I mean, they're, they're just, some of them are just the biggest whoppers and the, they're just hilarity. Now, I know they don't mean to be hilarious, and I know it can have serious consequences, these lies. But, boy, I mean, you know, some of them are just, where they even come up with it, I don't even know. I mean, some are just outstanding. So a, a, new, a new police lie uh, came to my attention that I'd never heard before that goes in the record books. And it involved a fellow who ended up getting charged with possession of Holono's ammunition in New Jersey. Now, the thing is, New Jersey, as you probably know, prohibits hollow point or Holono's ammunition, except within narrow exemptions. And so you can have it from the place of purchase and have it at your home, and you can have it at the target range, and you can have it while hunting, if appropriate for hunting. But if you have those outside those exemptions, then it's a felony-level offense, 18 months state's prison for each bullet, arguably, if you possess them outside exemptions. Now, remember, our whole system is exemption-based anyway. Possession of handguns, you have the exemptions, long arms, the exemptions, and it's only if you have a carry license was the handgun no longer restricted by exemptions. If you had a firearms ID card, then you no longer were limited by exemptions. And then this A4769 bill gutted <clears throat> those licenses so that we're back to being strictly exemption-reliant. But as the litigation proceeds, we're removing that strict exemption reliance again, meaning that you have to only be in those narrow exemptions that allow for possession in the home, possession at the target range, possession at your business, place of business that's property owned or possessed by you, etc. Narrow exemptions. So anyway, this this individual had Holonos in his home, in his home. And I get false arrests all the time, folks. I mean, it's part of this gun law that the politicians pass these knee-jerk emotional things. They don't even know what they're doing. 
And then the word is out that somehow it's prohibited, but they don't even know what they are and how it works. No one ever teaches the officers the actual law on how it works so that I see these false arrests because they don't know the exemptions. They don't realize the exemptions. And then, of course, their egos are so fragile that if you point out such an exemption, well, they don't want to hear what you have to say, unless you're a lawyer, unless you're me, unless we're on motion, unless it's in front of the judge and now they're on the witness stand and I'm cross-examining them and then they look like a giant a-hole because they didn't pay attention to begin with. But before that gets there, there's other things that they do. So here I, I, I saw this in action or heard this great story. So here this individual is charged and he had a hollow nose in his home. And as most of you know, or you should know, that hollow nose ammunition in your home is legal. It's legal under the exemptions. You can even have it in your gun in your home. And it's legal under the exemptions. If you're justified in using deadly force in your home, you can use a hollow nose ammunition in your home, in self-defense. If you're justified in using the deadly force, you're fine. The hollow nose is fine because you're exempt. You're in your home. But this officer decided that whatever reason, going to charge this guy with hollow nose. Says, come on down and pick up the summons for Holono's ammunition. So this fellow, he checks out the law, you know, checks out. I mean, it's not hard to find out. You look at my book on gun law, I explain it. You can go online even and see the certain reliable resources that are, they'll tell you. Even the state police website will explain about Holono's that in your home, it's legal. So he looked at this and it's in his home. So he goes, this. He's not represented by me or anything at this time. He just goes to the officer to pick up the summons. And he says to the officer, look, you're charging me with unlawful possession of hollow point ammunition, and it was in my home. And he says, yeah, it was. The officer agrees. It's in his home. Well, that's exempt. I'm exempt. I'm allowed to have hollow nose ammunition in my home. Why are you charging me? Ready for this, folks? Here's the officer's answer as to why he was charging him. Oh, well, that's because of the size of the cavity. The size of the cavity? What is that? The cavity in the, in the officer's ass? I mean, what is it? The cavity inside his head where his brain should be? I mean, what is the size of the... There's nothing in the law about the size of the cavity. The hollow nose could be an inside-out salad bowl or the size of a pinprick. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The, quote, size of the cavity has nothing whatsoever to do with whether you are lawfully in possession of hollow nose ammunition or not. Doesn't matter. Oh, no, it's the size of the cavity. You should yeah. Oh, that's, oh, 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 I'm sorry. You know what the legal term for that is? It's called bullshit. That's what the legal term for that is. It's a legal term we use. Look it up in Black's Law Dictionary. It has special application. It's called, if you look at it, it's bullshit. When cops make up laws, when they're caught falsely charging an individual, it's right there in the definition in Black's, you'll find it. It's incredible. And yet now this guy has to deal with a fourth-degree felony-level offense 
facing 18 months in state's prison on a charge that he's absolutely not guilty of and even pointed out to the officer. And instead he gets SARS of the cavity as to why he's being charged. I swear. It's like New Jersey, not only will you get falsely arrested, but laws just get like, like factors of the law just get made up as we go along to justify the abuse heaped on a law-abiding gun owner. I mean, God forbid, he always said, well, you know, what do you mean in there? Oh, um, maybe you didn't realize that. Let me check that. Let me check that, sir. And he'd find out it's true, and then, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. The, the ego's on the line. Oh, please don't make mistakes. We wouldn't falsely charge him. And now guess what you've done? You've compounded it by not fixing it in time. Because now the guy's got more more of an argument to make about how he was treated and what happened to him. More of a statement. More of a sympathy factor for not just being falsely charged, but then being lied to with such absolute garbage found nowhere. And let me just tell you, part of the problem is because police are trained to lie. They're allowed to lie. And look, I'm not anti-police. Don't get me wrong. I, I represent police, plenty of police. New Jersey, as I've said, eats their own. When it comes to guns and cops and all that, not a problem. And I'm totally for law enforcement, and I want to see the bad guys put away. But I'm talking about good guys. And many, many times officers are just awesome. They recognize a law-abiding gunner, and they bend over backwards to help the poor guy. And instead of doing what this ding-dong did and make up crap about why he's being falsely charged, they bend over backwards not to mess with. And I respect those guys. Those guys are peace officers, and they take their job seriously and are trying to focus on who the real problem is. But not these others that just lie and do this stuff. And unfortunately, lying is part of the training because by lying, you can often get information and things, and it's part of the interrogation process. Police are allowed to lie to you to get information. You're not allowed to lie to police, however. If you lie to the police, that's a crime. It's not a crime for the police to lie to you if they're doing it in their investigatory capacity, etc. That's not a problem. So part of the culture there is fostering lying to get to what is you know, arguably the uh, good ends of catching bad guys. But I think sometimes that goes to their head and they're not distinguishing when they shouldn't be lying and when they should be truthing and looking at actual facts that are brought before them, as in this case, which apparently did not matter one bit. And that's how we end up with award-winning statements like the, quote, size of the cavity when charging somebody with hollow nose in New Jersey in which it's a factor that is utterly and completely legally irrelevant. When we come back, I have some more important information that may save your life. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. 
a fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer. This is Evan Knappen. I am very thankful to be here, able to speak to all of you today, even though fighting some stuffy nose here, as you can hear. But I still want to get this information out and see gun rights and liberty flourish. These are the glorious times of a fight, glorious fight that we're in, and we're doing well. So stay optimistic. Truth's on our side. Now, I have uh, also been fortunate to get sponsored by the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, and that is an organization that I truly believe in. I am uh, proud to serve the board and the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. You need to be a member of ANJRPC.org. That is the NRA affiliate of New Jersey, the state affiliate. They have a full-time paid lobbyist in Trenton. They're there litigating these issues for us, the the atrocious anti-civil rights bill by Murphy, the assault firearm law challenge, the large capacity magazine challenge. They're also filing amicus, meaning friend of the court briefs, such as on the MU case, that's our firm's case at Evan Knappen, evannappen.com, our law firm there. We have a case challenging the constitutionality of so-called public health, safety, welfare denial. These are all very important issues that are going to affect thousands and thousands of New Jerseyans, and the state association is there defending your rights in New Jersey, focused in really the hardest, toughest, most anti-gun state in the country. And you need to be part of this group so that together we have the power to fight and to continue in our quest here to save our freedoms, not just for ourselves, but for our our kids and our grandkids, and they'll look back and, and thank us. I know they will, and I mean that. So join the association, anjrpc.org. I love getting 
letters to the show, and they come in as the Ask Evan letters. And I've gotten some important letters here with some important questions. I wish I could read everybody's letter, but we don't have time to do that. But I do have a handful here that I think would be very helpful. So this one's from David. It says, regarding NJ Carry Law and insurance. I listened to episode 116 on where I can carry. Thank you for covering that topic in great detail. It was very helpful as I completely stopped carrying once the Bruin Buster Bill was passed. Although progress has been made, there's still one big issue, as I see it, and that's the requirement to have insurance. As far as I know, we cannot buy insurance in New Jersey. I've tried several insurers. They say they don't insure in New Jersey. How can we carry legally anywhere, even in the do-not-enforce areas you mentioned, if we are required to have insurance but cannot buy it. Regards, David. Now, David raises an excellent issue, and he's correct. The problem with the liability insurance requirement that's found in the anti-civil rights bill is that no insurance company can actually write the insurance that it demands because the insurance companies are currently taking a position that that insurance requires them to insure intentional acts. Insurance companies don't insure intentional acts. They insure negligence, things like that, not intentional acts. So what makes it even more ironic is that originally Murphy signed an executive order banning insurance for gun owners, banning what he pejoratively called murder insurance, right? And that closed down a number of the providers of insurance to folks that had uh, wanted to have legal protection should they get sued regarding using their gun. Now, the funny thing is none of the insurance programs that existed there insured for murder. They did not insure for intentional acts. It was always to provide legal defense if you were uh, charged and needed to be represented in terms of self-defense and to provide uh, services according to that, but not covering, quote, murder insurance. Then the ironic thing is here, Murphy signs the bill, the anti-civil rights bill, A4769, that the insurance companies now view requires them to insure intentional acts. In other words, intentional things like murder. So in other words, Murphy signs a bill mandating that gun owners literally get murder insurance, something that didn't exist before and doesn't exist now. And unless the insurance companies or the folks there work it out with the insurance commission in the state of New Jersey and whatever, so that there is some product that satisfies this, that can have the correct exclusions, we're not going to see such insurance. Now, the good news is the requirement for the insurance does not take place until the first or second, I think, of July. July 2nd is when you actually need it. So that part hasn't kicked in at the moment, but it will be by the beginning of July. But part of the association's lawsuit that we talked about is challenging the requirement to have insurance. And I think there's excellent constitutional 
arguments there to be made to stop the requirement of insurance. And that's because the constitutional right is something that you cannot mandate insurance before you exercise it. Um, do you think it would be right to mandate insurance? You must have, uh, New Jersey requires 300,000 liability for exercising your Second Amendment right. Should we require a 300,000 liability before anybody publishes a newspaper article? Should we require that every newspaper reporter and TV news anchor have at least a $300,000 insurance uh, policy, and they have to show that card and have it on them at all times, by the way, while they're exercising their First Amendment right? Or should we have a 300000 liability for anyone who wants to um, observe any religious belief in a house of worship or to stop and pray or to uh, believe in whatever God they want to believe in? In order, before you do anything religion-wise, you need a $300,000 insurance before you exercise your First Amendment right to religion. No, I don't think, I don't think those things are going to fly, and it won't fly for Second Amendment rights either because the right to keep and bear arms is the equivalent of the First Amendment right to free speech and the right to free exercise of religion and the right to Sixth Amendment right to cross-examine witnesses. All that's in the Bruin decision in the same paragraph when Thomas describes it. He uses these very examples of the First Amendment, Second Amendment, Sixth Amendment, all together as those rights. So the insurance requirement hasn't taken place yet, even though it's slated to, and I think I'm cautiously optimistic that it will be killed by the court. And until then, uh, there is no insurance company that I'm aware of that is yet to provide a product that would satisfy that requirement. I have another question here that came in from Sim regarding carrying guns not on a court order. I'd like to start off by saying I'm a big fan of the show and your work. The question I have is about whether my carry permit applies to all guns that I own. I received my carry permit before the carry killer law was passed and signed. I am restricted by my court order to guns I qualified with. I heard with the new law and courts out of process, you know, the courts out of the process, that one permit is good for all guns. Is this true? A lot of people would benefit from this clarification. Thanks in advance. Okay. <clears throat> it is true that under the carry killer law, the anti-civil rights bill, it does state that one handgun permit is good for all handguns someone has. But it also states that under our current law, that one handgun permit is good for all handguns one may own. And the language that says that one permit is good for all is right in the very first paragraph. Paragraph A, right off the bat, very first paragraph, under NJS2C 58 Four, which is the licensing statute for a permit to carry a handgun. And the very first paragraph of that statute says that one handgun permit is good for all the handguns that you have. Now, even though it says that, 
judges, again, the judges who the ones said took away our gun rights to begin with under Carey by creating the virtually impossible to achieve standard of justifiable need. These same judges create restrictions by taking advantage of the supposed permission for judges to restrict carry, even though they're not actually authorized to restrict the number of guns. It doesn't say that in there, but nonetheless, they abuse their authority. And they have been creating orders when they issue the permits, some of the judges, mandating that you carry only certain guns that you qualified with. And some of that is a blending over from policy for the RPO, the retired police officer card, that the state police have put a different standard on for what guns they can and can't carry. So some of it's a blending, some of it's abuse by judges, but whatever the issue that led to you getting an order that restricted you, you still have an order that restricts you. And I've gotten calls on it, and here's the bottom line. Yeah, I know what the new law says. I know what the old law says. But you're bound by a court order if you had a judge-issued permit, and that court order orders you within certain bounds and to do certain things, etc. And you must follow the court order because if you break the court order, you can be found in contempt of court in contempt of the order. You could lose your license. You could even be prosecuted for contempt of court, maybe even a gun chart with a claim that your license wasn't valid because you didn't follow the court order. If you have a court order and you don't like its terms, then like any other court order, you need to go back to the court and try to get the court to change it. Maybe the court will hear you and change it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But the good news is on your renewal, on your renewal, you won't have to deal with a judge anymore. And judges have been removed from the carry licensing process. A huge win for gun owners. Huge. Even though the rest of the bill is so terrible. And with the judges gone, there's no court orders that can issue restricting individual licensees anymore. And so your next carry permit will be a straight carry permit that's good for all handguns you you have. And there's no court order that can go along with it because it's not done by a court anymore. So at least the good news is judges are out. And if you currently have some half-assed permit that's jamming away your rights that shouldn't be doing it, then you need to try to get it changed by the court itself, because otherwise you risk contempt and being in violation of the order that is specifically on you and addressed to your permit. So beware of that and take the steps needed to change it, or if you're not going to change it, then you got to live with it and live with it till your renewal. But like I said, the good news is on your renewal, no more judges. Yay. Okay, let's take a look here. We got one more 
quick one. No, I tell you what, I think we're going to have to wait to get into much more detail. But let me just say, I've gotten a lot of questions about the pistol brace rule. It's been virtually officially promulgated. It still technically, technically has to get published, but it's going to be probably maybe by the time you hear this show. By next show or so, or maybe one after, we're going to have all the details with specific actions and what New Jerseyans need to do and updates on the litigation and how to deal with the pistol brace issue and its effect on all of us. And uh, I don't have time right now to get into it, and plus there's more information coming our way, so just beware. The pistol brace deal is hit. They did waive the tax, apparently, so that's good. But there's so much garbage in it, as you could well expect. Uh, the choices that you're going to want to make on this are going to take a lot more consideration, and we'll go through them in detail later in the in future podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to Gun Lawyer. Make sure you are a member of our state association because they're sending out updates on all these things. And many of the times I help to write them even. So you're getting the emails right from association as to action that needs to be taken. So join anjrpc.org. And this is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state. <laughs>